Praise God. Praise God. Wow, I'm just looking around and seeing all these amazing faces here. Good to have you with us this morning in our second service at Christian Embassy. Thank God we had a tremendous first service. And wow, I just, I'm still riding on that. And I know God's going to do the same here as well. Tuning in, all of you that are tuning in with Facebook Live and tuning in on the internet and television and radio, we just welcome you to Christian Embassy. Come on, let's give a warm welcome to everyone who's tuned in here today. If you're ever in the area, please come join us here. These folks don't bite, I can promise you. They're real nice folks, and you will enjoy being here with us. It's so exciting to always stand before you and share the Word of God. What an amazing, amazing God we serve. He is so amazing. And He's just been pushing on me, pushing on me to encourage you as we go into this new month, uh, this new month here in November and as we're closing out this 2019, these last two months, that God says everything He promised you in the beginning of this year, He wants you to see it manifested in your life. He wants you to see it fulfilled in your life. And I believe he's going to give instructions this morning, actually I know he is, that's going to help each and every one of us to be rightly positioned that we can see the fulfillment of the manifest of God's grace and glory in every area of our lives. And all the promises of God are yes and amen in him, and they will be for you as well. To God be the glory. So we're going to be talking this morning about plugging into the power of prayer, plugging into the power of prayer. Father God, we thank you that you love us so much. You love us beyond anything our hearts and minds can even imagine. And Lord God, teach us, show us, help us love you with a reciprocating love. You are amazing. You're worthy, worthy of glory and honor. And as we come and study your word, we pray our eyes would be opened and our ears would be able to hear and our mind to understand and comprehend and our hearts to believe your word this day. Lord God, that we can know the truth and the truth can truly set us free. To you be the glory, the honor, and the praise, for it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. We're going to be looking this morning at the discipline of fasting and prayer because these two disciplines are definitely Bible-based and God gives us insight in doing those. But instead of focusing on uh, both of them together, our emphasis this morning is going to be on prayer. But we do know that the two working together can be very, very effective because if you remember in Matthew 17, uh, there's the story of the father who had a son and the demons were vexing his son. Demons were coming in and throwing his son in the fire, causing fits of rage to take place, trying to drown him or throw him in the fire. The enemy is trying to kill his little boy. And uh, he took him to the disciples, and the disciples prayed for him, and nothing happened. Actually, he got worse. So the father brings him to Jesus, and Jesus uh, casts out the spirit, and the boy is in his right mind, and he's freed up from this demonic uh, oppression and vexation. And the disciples want to know, Jesus, why is it, you know, we prayed for others, and they got freed up. Why is it that this did not happen? Well, the Bible was specific to say the boy would foam at the mouth. He would go into fits of rage and throw himself in the fire, throw himself, uh, uh, like harming himself. And uh, there was very uh, visible manifestations of the oppression and possession the enemy was trying to bring on this young boy. 
And, uh, and Jesus says, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And, and he talks about their little faith. Some little, uh, theologians would say, well, this, there are certain kinds of demons that come in uh, that will that take more uh, effort to, and more authority to take over uh, them and to cast them out. And you've got to have prayer and fasting coupled together to deal with those level of demons. And then there are other theologians would say, well, what Jesus was talking about was this kind of faith, this, this, this little faith, which was not a size faith like a mustard seed, but it was a tenure of faith that it was uh, easily exhausted. It was, a, it was a faith that lost its wind. It started out strong, but it lost its wind. When it saw the physical manifestations of what this demon was doing to this boy, uh, it startled them and they, and, and they got caught up in what they were seeing rather than what they were praying and believing for. So I'm going to say, instead of us arguing one theologian against the other, let's say maybe it's both of them. The point is, you can't go wrong when you couple prayer and fasting together. It will strengthen your faith, and your faith strengthened will be able to handle any manifestations of demons before you because you know all authority has been given to you over all the power of the enemy, and the enemy by no, by no means shall harm you. So if that's what the Word of God says, it doesn't matter if a demon has a different level or not. You have all authority over all the power of the enemy. So it, it's, it's really a moot point when you look at it that way. So I want to, uh, we will be talking about fasting and the importance of fasting as we wrap up this year and go into the new year, but this morning I want to focus on prayer, prayer, because I, I'm telling you, prayer is key. I'm, God, I'm going to show you some things I believe God has shown me that's going to cause you to want to go into this week praying more and praying stronger and praying with focus and praying in faith, maybe unlike you have in a long time or ever in your life. Now, I know you're not like me, and you are always on top. You're always at 100%. You're always energized. You're always believing. You're always excited about the Lord. Uh, that's you. But for me, there are times, circumstances uh, come into my life, situations in my life, that I can start looking at the natural things and the negative things that I'm, I'm dealing with. They're real. I'm having to deal with them. And, and I get into the rut of dealing with them in the natural. And I forget the source of strength and the source of power. And to hear a message like this, I, I want to hear it. I'm preaching to myself this morning so that I can rise back up into to the position of authority that God has given me as his son and as a child of God so that I can come against those negative circumstances, whether they're throwing my life in the fire or throwing something I love in the water and trying to drown it, and I can take authority over it in Jesus' name. Now, a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. I'll tell you that right now. A prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. It's been said if there's some prayer, there's some power. If there's more prayer, there's more power. But if there's much prayer, there's much power. Well, I want you to leave here today walking on water. I want you to leave here today operating with much prayer and much power to advance God's kingdom this day and this week in your life unlike anything you've seen before. Because you have as little or as much of God's power working in your life right now as you're willing to pray and receive. Did you know that? 
You've got to see the importance of prayer. The disciples, they said, Jesus, there's something about it. When you go and pray, you come back walking on water. When you go and pray, you come and you play in the mud and the blind begin to see. There's something about it when you go and pray and you come back, you take a little boy's snack pack and you can multiply it and feed a multitude. Jesus, there's something about it when you go and pray, you come back and you say, you know what, I don't even need to go into your servant's home and heal him. I'll just send my word and heal him. There's something about it when you pray, power is manifest. So Jesus don't teach us how to preach, don't teach us how to raise money, don't teach us how to build an organization. Jesus teaches how to pray. Teaches how to pray. So Jesus, I'm here to tell you, he didn't spend his time teaching the disciples how to preach. He taught them how to pray. He didn't teach them how to raise money. He taught them how to pray. He didn't teach them how to organize these uh, fancy committees and how to publish fancy literature. He taught them how to pray. And the kingdom of God is here in 2019 right now because of prayer that has been activated and, and advancing the kingdom of God. Now, if you were to ever get an appointment with a prime minister or president of the United States, you would have a limited time frame in that appointment. You would be what they're called talking against the clock. I remember a number of years ago, Pastor Radika had a vision that we were going to meet the president of the United States and be shaking his hand. And, uh, and, and she woke up and she told me about it. And I'm like, wow, okay, what did you eat last night? You know, and uh, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty out there. And then she gets a call that morning from the White House. And uh, we're like, she's like, who did you tell about my video? I said, she thought I'd done put somebody up there doing a prank call on her. And I'm like, I, I, I've not told anyone. And it says, this is the White House. And you and your husband have been invited to, the, to a prayer gathering in Washington, D.C. Uh, as special guests of the president. And she's like, yeah, sure, right, okay. Well, you're not getting my credit card number, I'm telling you right now. You know, and, and they're like, uh, ma'am, this is, this is genuine, this is real. And she says, okay, well, uh, you'll be expecting, be expecting an overnighted package that has all your security clearance and everything there. And uh, so you'll have to have those badges and all that stuff to get in. The security's going to be tight. And we're like, sure. So she hangs up. Well, the next day, there's somebody knocks at the door, and we go to the door, and it's a, a sign, we had to sign for this delivery package from the White House, and it had everything that was promised. So we're like, wow. So we make arrangements, and we go to uh, the, Washington, D.C. for this prayer gathering, and when we get there, we had our badges and everything, we get in through the security, and it's really tight, and we go in the cathedral there, and we sit in the back, and we're sitting way back there in the back, and these, uh, I reckon, I don't know their Secret Service or who, they come to us and say, they look at our back and said, no, you're not supposed to be here, and we're like, okay, we figured this was a hoax, okay, don't lock us up, and they're like, no, and they start leading us up to the pulpit, all the way in the cathedral, up to the pulpit, and, and sit us right here, and there's senators and vice president, and all, and we're sitting with them. And I'm like, somebody's made a mistake here, but I'm liking this. And uh, and then the president comes in, and he comes to us, and he shakes our hand. Her vision there it was being fulfilled, and says, "Thank you for being here as we pray for our nation." 
But it was only a few seconds that we got to spend with him. And man, what an experience that was and uh, that we talk about. But listen here. The good news is while that president or any president or any prime minister or king or dignitary may have some power, their power is limited because there are other men and women and governments and, 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 and things that are controlling and balancing out that power. And if I can, the good news is I can at any time of the day, at any moment of the day, I can fall on my knees and I can talk to Almighty God and talk to Him who holds the sun, the moon, and the stars in His hand. He is so much greater than any president and prime minister will ever be. And I'm not having to talk against the clock when I'm with Him. I can talk as long as I want. And when I finish, He doesn't shrug His shoulders and say, well, that I mean, you got a lot going on, and I really, I can't help you. Come on now. The God in, to whom we pray can make a way where there seems to be no way. The God that we pray to is the God who cannot fail. Hallelujah. The God to whom we pray says, call on me, and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not yet know of. I'm going to go beyond your expectation. I'm going to go beyond your request. I'm going to show you things you don't even have the brain to, to, to think of right now. I'll show it to you. That's the God that we get to pray to. He's a God that can heal your marriage. He can heal your body. He can break a yoke of addiction that has been around your neck or around a loved one's neck and causing the family to live in, on, in hell here on earth. I'm telling you the God that we have the privilege to pray to can move the mountains of impossibilities. He can calm the troubled sea. He can transform your desert into a fountain of living water. He can supernaturally transform your finances. He can give you blessings where you have never been blessed before. He can make you the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. He can plant you by living waters where your leaf will not not wither, the Bible says, and whatsoever you do shall prosper. That's the God we have the privilege to pray to. Hallelujah. That He can plant you like a tree by living waters where your leaves don't fall off in the fall. You don't have to go into a depression in the fall season, in the winter season. You don't have to take a step back. You can go from glory to glory. Your leaf does not wither and whatsoever you do shall prosper. The Bible says that's the God we have the privilege to pray to. The God to whom I pray is the God who has given us the power to get wealth. He is the one that has given us the opportunity that is right in front of us right now. And He will cause it to explode with opportunities of success uh, because God makes a way and answers our prayer. Hallelujah. Jesus said it this way in Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Man, what a powerful, powerful two verses of Scripture. He says, therefore I say to you, whatsoever things. Look at the person next to you and say, whatsoever things. Whatsoever things. That covers whatsoever things. What does it cover? Whatsoever things. That you ask. You got to ask. You got to ask. Oh, I'm all spiritual and I come to God in prayer just to worship and glorify Him and give Him, ascribe honor and praise to Him. That I should. But he also wants you to ask. He knows you have needs. Yes, he does. But he wants you to exercise faith and ask. Ask when you pray and believe that you receive them. You don't, you don't believe after you receive them. You believe before you receive them. That's how you pray. When you ask, you believe that you receive them and you will then have them. 
They come after you believe that you receive after you've asked. Hallelujah. So we got to get it in the right order. And whenever you stand praying, he says, caution, caution. If you stand praying and you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Now, that him is mankind because I know women have done some things as well. I know y'all are pretty innocent, but there's been at least one. So don't let the devil tell you, ah, she's the one did it. And he said, forgive him. Mankind, anybody who has, you have anything against, stand there and ask God to forgive him, help you forgive him or her. Forgive them so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. He's got forgiveness tapped into the power of prayer. We cannot pray asking anything whatsoever, believing that we receive and then we'll have it if we have unforgiveness. We cannot, you cannot afford to hold on to unforgiveness. You cannot afford not to forgive them. Go ahead and forgive your husband right now. Go ahead and forgive your wife right now. Go ahead and forgive that ex right now. Go ahead and forgive those kids. They drove you crazy. Forgive them right now. Go ahead and forgive your parents. I know they weren't perfect parents. Okay, forgive them right now. Forgive that boss person. Forgive that company. Forgive whatever. Forgive them. Forgive that, that knucklehead that uh, was in a position of authority, whether coach or teacher or, or pastor or whatever. Forgive them right now. Forgive me. I may, have, I may have done something. I don't even know that I've done, but forgive me. Don't let it hinder your prayer life. So that you can ask and believe that you receive before you receive it so that you can receive it, Jesus said. Hallelujah. Now what is prayer? Prayer is not just sending God out on your, to do your errands, okay? He did say ask, but we got to understand prayer is more than just asking. It's not just giving Him a list of to-do things uh, that we do. Prayer is the only way to release the supernatural power of God in your life. And Jesus, when He came to this earth, Philippians 2, 5 through 11 tells us, He laid aside His splendor. He laid aside His glory. He didn't cease being God. He came to us as God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, but He laid His glory and His splendor aside, meaning that he did not depend on his being God uh, as he was walking here on this earth as man. He came to be dependent on the Holy Spirit just like you and I can be dependent on the Holy Spirit so he could model for us how we can live supernaturally in a natural world. That's why he was baptized. You remember John the Baptist baptized him and then the Holy Spirit came and dwelt upon, set upon him as a dove. The Bible says, and Father God speaks. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. We got a picture of the Trinity there. We got Father God speaking, the son being baptized and the Holy Spirit represented there as the form of a dove. And there, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, began his ministry. So he was showing us how we can walk the walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in doing this. But prayer, as the disciples called upon Jesus, teach us how to pray, show us that they saw there was something about Jesus' prayer time and prayer life that ushered in power from heaven in and through him to be manifest on the earth. And if Jesus is modeling for us how to live that supernatural life, then that we must follow that example, that it is through prayer where we see there is a release of the supernatural power of God in and through our lives. Now, now many times uh, uh, people say, well, I want to do something about this problem, but I'm here to tell you until you pray, you are doing nothing effective about the problem. 
I moved here 20, uh, 27 years ago. It was June of 92, and I came on the property, and as Pastor Radica was earlier saying, you know, the property was no longer functioning as a church, and the property, uh, there were facilities, there was a lot of investment that was needed there. Uh, and, and I remember I uh, g- g- walked in the parsonage. It was a little house that sat over here, and the AC was broke, <laughs> and it was June of 92, and I don't like heat. That's why I designed a vent under the pulpit here so I can, blow, I can get, a, get a nice blow of air while I'm preaching, you know, because I just don't like the heat. And I remember thinking, God, this isn't funny, you know. I'm here. I don't have people. I don't have money. I don't have support. I don't have AC, <laughs> I don't have AC. That right there means I'm out of here, you know. And I remember falling on my knees right there. As you walked in the front door, uh, there was the, you walked right into the little living room area. And I fell on the floor, and the walls were a really rough texture. I mean, they would actually cut you. They were so rough. Uh, it was, I don't know who did that, but nonetheless, that was not family friendly. But I remember putting my hands on that wall, and I was just... Uh, I won't tell you what color the carpet was, but it was definitely from something in the 60s. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm just, just laying my hands and I say, God, what? How am I going to do this? You've called me here. I mean, you got me excited. I took the property. I took the place. But I've never planted a church. I've never pastored a church. I, what am I going to, how am I going to do this? And God spoke so loud, I thought it was audible, but over the years I said, you know, that probably wasn't audible, but it was God spoke so loud in my spirit that, it sounded audible to me. He said, this church will be established by prayer. And I, I remember getting up and it says, I am going to start praying like I've never prayed before. And I walked out and I went back to the back ditch line over here. And at that time, the church did not own this house next door and that property. We, I was claiming it, okay. But Mr. McPherson lived there and he had a bad dog in the backyard. I mean, a bad dog. I won't tell you what kind of breed it was because you'll think I'm against that breed. But I, he was scary, okay. And I remember going there and I was going to walk in the middle of the ditch because my understanding, probably the property went through the middle of the ditch. And I was going to walk down the ditch as far as I could and circle the whole property. And I was going to surround this place in prayer. And that dog come running up to me and it's like he'd been trained not to cross the ditch, but he didn't like it that I was wanting to get in the ditch. And I remember I got afraid and I stood over about three feet from the ditch and said, well, I'll be okay over here. And, uh, and, and it's like the spirit of the Lord says, so you're going to let fear cause you to cause the enemy to have an easement on this property? Or are you going to let the devil have part? He's going to, he can have your health, but as long as he's giving you eternal life, or you, he's going to let you have your marriage as long as you got friends, or are you going to let him have your finances as long as you can you know, have a morsel of bread to eat? You're going to let the devil have an easement? I remember the Lord saying that. You're going to let the devil have an easement on this? And I got bold. And I said, oh, God, you're going to have to help me here because that dog don't look nice. I said, get back. I said, this belongs to me. And at that moment, I said, actually, the yard you're living in, I claim it right now. This will one day belong to this church. Now, this was 27 years ago. And I, I kind of looked straight ahead, and I was expecting any moment, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? And I marched down that ditch, and I claimed this property, and I prayed over this property that souls would come in here, that would come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and who would give their lives to the advancement of the kingdom of God, and they would partner with what God had called us to do, or reach around the globe, uh, and take the healing message, and delivering message, and the sanctifying message of God's Word, uh, God's Word pure, God's Word undefiled, uh, into the nations of the world. 
world. And I was preaching and that dog, I reckon I scared him because nobody had ever stood up to him. And, and he, he, I don't know where he went because I wouldn't look. I just, I just looked straight ahead. And I claimed this property in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus. Anything I could think of, I was claiming it. I was believing that God was going to send a people here that was going to help build a church and establish a kingdom of God culture here on this property. Oh my goodness, I was praying. And I look out, no wonder I'm so excited. No wonder I'm just giddy to see the manifest of what God has done in and through you people here. Hallelujah. So let me tell you, until you pray, nothing effective is going to happen with your problem. Not in your marriage, not in your business, not with your children. God said, when you pray. In Jeremiah 33 and 3, He says, when you pray, when you call to Me, he wants us to call to Him. I will answer you. That's the news right there. That's the promise of God right there. I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Prayer is the key that unlocks the gates of heaven and closes the gates of hell. Prayer is the power that God, let me tell you what, where we see God put His uh, uh, power at manifest in and through our lives. You can see a, a, a 99-year-old praying grandmother when she starts praying, I'm telling you, and mention the name of Jesus, uh, demons, every demon in her state, run for the border. Come on now. And you say, wait a minute, she's at her weakest. No, 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 no. She's at her strongest when she prays. Hallelujah. And the good news is you got that kind of power. You got the power of prayer afforded unto you. Prayer has the power to cure sickness and disease. Prayer can shatter the shackles of misery that bring us slavery on in our lives. Come on now. Prayer has the power to bring healing and wholeness to your dysfunctional family. The power of prayers when you usher in God's work in heaven here on earth. Hallelujah. So why pray? Number one, because God answers prayer. Just that simple. God answers prayer. Prayer does not need proof. Prayer needs practice. Come on now. For prayer is a weapon that God has given His children to wage war in the heavenlies bringing about the manifest of His will on earth. Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, I implore you to stop just talking about prayer and to stop just teaching about prayer and stop just uh, you know, sharing about prayer and see that it is your source of power that you would rise up and you would begin to fight with prayer. Hallelujah. It's part of the armor of God that we read about in Ephesians 6. Uh, I want you to learn how to attack and attack again and attack again the prince of darkness with the Word of God. Uh, it's a double-edged sword. You can take it. You can cut his head off. David already proved that to us. You can take the Word of God and come against the enemy and drive the enemy out of your marriage. You can take through prayer and you can drive the devil out of your home. You can drive him out of your business. You can drive him out of your finances. You can drive him out of your body. Come on now. I want you to recognize that God is giving you the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Satan is a defeated foe. I want you to learn, start acting like it. I want you to start thinking like it. I want you to start living like it. And I want you to start praying like it because you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus our Lord. Is your marriage under attack? Pray. Are your children under attack? Pray. Is your finances under attack? You need to pray. Oh, I need to get a second job, a third job. You need to pray. Deadly disease coming against your body? Pray. Lost and without God? Pray. 
Your life empty, meaningless, and hopeless? Pray, 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 pray. Why? Because God answers prayer. Now, I'm telling you, we'll look in the Old Testament, and I'll show you what God did through prayer. And if that happened in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant that is not signed and sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ but a lamb pointing to Jesus, think what can happen to you and me today as we are under the New Covenant, the better covenant that's sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ, mediated by the high priest Jesus Christ himself. Hallelujah! But in the Old Testament, when men prayed, let me tell you what, even under the law, Joshua prayed and God stopped the sun in the heavens as he defeated the enemies of God. The sun stopped when Joshua prayed. Elijah prayed and there'd been a famine for three and a half years and he prays and fire falls. The prophets of Baal prayed to a false god. Nothing happened. The prophets of Asherah prayed to a false god. Nothing happened. But Elijah prayed to the one, the true, the living God that we get to pray to today. And the fire fell. And then he went up on the mountain and he prayed. And a cloud came the size of a man's hand, but it ushered in the breaking of the drought. And rain came and poured down. And the land became green once again. Hallelujah. Hezekiah, I mean, Hezekiah prayed. There was 185,000 Assyrians coming against the children of God. They said, we're going to kill every Jew. That's what, that's what uh, Sennacherib said. We're going to kill every Jew. We're not going to leave one breathing, not one. The babies, we're going to kill them all. We're going to destroy them. 185,000 Assyrians besieged Jerusalem surrounding the city. Hezekiah, he pulled out his secret weapon. You know what his secret weapon was? Prayer! Hallelujah! He took the letter that General Sennacherib had sent to him saying that he was going to uh, uh, spill the, every Jew's blood on the earth and, and, and destroy them. And uh, he took that letter and he laid it before the Lord. And he said, God, you see what the heathen king has written about you and your glory and about your honor and your people? And, and he said, God, I'm, I'm just turning them over to you. Do what only you can do. And that night, the Bible says the death angel swept through the camp of the Assyrians. The death angel came and smote the centurions that were standing their post. Uh, the death angel came in and smote the infantry. Everywhere they were sleeping, they were destroyed. Uh, and the death angel came even, the Bible says, and smote the generals as they were making the plans that night of how they were going to attack Jerusalem the next day. And let me tell you, the next morning when Hezekiah woke up, and I love it that he woke up, because when you pray, you can sleep like a baby. You know it's in the hands of God. He woke up and he looked over the wall. And when he looked over the wall of Jerusalem by, by the dawn's early light, there was 185,000 Assyrians laying dead in the valley floor because the God of Israel, the God who cannot fail, the God who answers prayer, he showed up and demonstrated his power in response to the prayer of Hezekiah. Hallelujah. Take it to the New Testament in the book of Acts. You got a bunch of scared folks hiding away, but God said, pray, pray. And 10 day prayer meeting turns into an outpouring where the Holy Ghost comes and the tongues of fire sets upon each and every one of them. They get filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance, the Bible says. And from that moment on, the church was birthed as Peter stood now bold and prayed, I mean preached, and 3,000 people were saved. The church was born. They left that room and turned the world right side up and they pulled Rome to its knees by the power of prayer. Hallelujah. My prayer is that this church, each and every one of us, would become a praying church like never before. Jesus said, my Father's house should be called what? 
the house of prayer in Matthew 21 and 13. He, he, he say it this, you know, this here's something we need to say out loud. You, uh, not only this house, but you need to say my house will be called a house of prayer. Come on, let's say it together. My house will be called a house of prayer. If you want power in your house, you got to learn to pray. If you want the power of God manifesting in your circumstances, you got to learn to pray. I, I pray today for every one of you that you would set aflame a passion in your heart and a purpose to pray so that you can begin to see signs and wonders manifest in your lives as the promise of the New Testament is made being manifest and fulfilled in your life. I was so blessed. We, we were able to take a little trip uh, to the mountains and Townsend turns 22 and what he wants to do for his 54-year-old dad to do with him is let's go hiking. <laughs> How many of you know it's a lot easier coming down the trail than it is going up the trail? Okay. But we did it. We went to the mountains, beautiful as it is, did a hike and all that good stuff and all that. But we were coming back and they were talking about it. And Caleb, our, our baby here, 13, he he's, uh, was asked to speak at the youth this morning. Now, ever since he could talk, he says he's going to preach. What are you going to do when you grow up? I'm going to be a preacher. You know, I'm going to be a fireman? Preacher. Policeman? Preacher. Banker? Preacher. Doctor? Preacher. Okay, you're going to be a preacher. Okay. That's good. God must be calling you to be a preacher. So he was getting this for his first time, and he was uh, sharing with us uh, what he was wanting to speak on, and he's wanting to speak on passion. Passion to worship God. Passion to pray. Passion. And I'm like, wow, here's a 13-year-old. And, and, and all of the kids were joining in, and we were joining in, telling him what he should say and what he should say. And he's just like, ooh. He was like, head was spinning. And, uh, but I knew the Holy Ghost would take all that and help him find out and, and do. And I praise God. I'm waiting to hear how things went as uh, he was talking about how to invite the presence of God. God inhabits the praises of his people. Where there's passion, there's passion Oh my goodness, let our prayers not be. <laughs> let our prayers have some passion. Why? Because God answers prayer. And the second reason, and I'll close with this one, not closing right now, but this is the second point that I will close on, okay, is that because he, we're commanded to pray. God commands us to pray. He says, when you pray. He didn't say, if you pray. He said, when you pray. It's expected of a believer that you're going to pray. And he says in Matthew 26 and 41, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we're to watch and pray, he tells us. And then Colossians 4 and 2, continue earnestly in prayer. Oh, don't let it become a humdrum. Let the passion, let the belief, you believe in that you're going to receive before you receive it because you know you're going to receive it because you believe it. Hallelujah. When you pray, be vigilant in it with thanksgiving. When you know that your God is going to answer your prayer, you will be thanking Him in that prayer before you see it. He wants the thanksgiving before the manifestation. He wants the thanksgiving before you see His hand move in your life because that's a sign of faith. We're going into the season of Thanksgiving. Let us begin to thank God for every promise that He's made to be fulfilled in and through our lives. And in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, pray without ceasing. I'm telling you, we know the power of prayer and the plan of prayer and the pattern of prayer and the priority of prayer and the purpose of prayer. But the sad thing is, many of us don't know the practice of prayer. Oh, let us begin to pray. I'm telling you, the Bible makes it clear that prayerlessness is sin. Can you believe that? He says it in Samuel. I didn't say it. God said it through the prophet Samuel. The Holy Ghost has given this to us. Moreover, 
As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord. How are you going to sin against the Lord? By ceasing to pray for you. Wow. But I will teach you the good in the right way. Some would even say that prayerless Christians are really not a Christian at all because how in the world can you say you have a relationship with God if you don't even talk to Him? You cut the relationship, you cut the communication, you cut the relationship. Now, I'm not going to leave that one alone because I'm not going to put any condemnation on anyone, but I'm just telling you how the devil works. He wants you to cut the communication so he can cut the relationship. Some would say a prayerless church is not even a church. It's a religious organization. A group of dead people gathered together on Sunday mornings to go through a ritual. They have a form, but they deny the power. They don't have the force. They have hype, but they don't have holiness. And they have ritual, but they don't have righteousness. Jesus is building His church. Come on now. And your church, if your church never prays, how can you say He's a part of building it? When He says, my Father's house should be called a house of prayer. The nation that doesn't pray is a pagan nation. The family that doesn't pray is a defeated family. Husbands, hear me. Pray for your wives. Wives, pray for your husbands. Fathers, mothers, pray for your children. And children, pray for your parents. Come on, there's power in prayer. See, the tragedy here in America today is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. Come on now. Prayer will either make a man leave a life of sinning or sinning will make a man leave a life of praying. You will either embarrass sin or sin will embarrass you. So why pray? Because God answers prayer. Why pray? Because God commands us to pray. And if you have failed to see the importance of prayer, and you have allowed the enemy to rob you of this most important Christian discipline, let me tell you what, we're going to remedy it right now. Right now. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. It's time for us to plug into the power of prayer. It's time to get plugged in. It's time to get plugged in. I want you to make an altar right where you're standing. Let this be your altar, your meeting place between you and God. Okay? And I want to invite you to respond to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. And I want you to repent if you've been negligent in your prayer life. If you've not seen the importance or you've let other distractions come or you've not been committed to it, that you would repent. Let's get that out of the way. We need to get that removed far from us right now. No condemnation. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. I want you to repent. And then I want you to begin... right now to say, God, as you forgive me, cleanse me, wash me. Hallelujah. By your blood. Right now, make a commitment to begin a life of prayer right here in our Father's house, which is called the house of prayer. God's standing right here, right now. A meeting place between me, between you and me, right now. God, I commit myself Hallelujah, to a life of prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. You are Jehovah Shalom, our peace. You are Jehovah Rapha, my healer. You are Jehovah Shema, my God who is ever present right here, right now. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I pray for open heavens this day because I ask and believe. I now receive it. I receive it right now. I believe you're the God of open heavens, that there will be a supernatural manifestation of miracles coming to the earth, a manifestation of miracles falling out of the heavenly realm into the earthly realm, that your will will be done in and through my life. And the things that cannot be done by the arm of man shall be done by the hand of God. Hallelujah. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So give us this day our daily bread. Yes, Lord, from this moment on, let there be a double manifest of multiplied resources in my life. Yes, God, a double manifest of multiplied finances in my life. Yes, I'm asking now, Lord God, I'm praying, give us this day my daily bread of double manifest of multiplied power and purpose and influence and healing and anointing beginning right now as I invite you into this day. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us, O oh God, you who are greater than the most powerful forces in this world. Enable us to be still and to know that you are God. Forgive us, O oh Lord, the God who answers out of the whirlwinds of everyday life. Breathe in us your Holy Spirit. Breathe in us your spirit of strength and comfort and guide us in the midst of the storm. Forgive us, O oh still small voice. Speak to us this hour that we might become makers of your peace in our homes, makers of peace, your peace, Lord God, in our communities and in our cities and in our world. Forgive us, God, as we forgive those. We release those. We've been hurt. We've been abandoned. We've been lied to. We've been cheated on. Oh, we've got failed expectations. Forgive those, Lord God. We forgive them. We release them. We're not holding them to a standard higher than us. We're not holding them to a standard that is a standard that you, Lord God, don't even hold. We forgive them as you forgive us, Lord. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from his lies. Deliver us from his bondage. Deliver us from his destruction. Deliver us from the deception. Deliver us from all sickness and all disease. Set us free. For he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever and ever. In your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.